Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, I've got two friends on today. Nikki Dunnigan, who's been on the show before, very recently, actually. Welcome back, Nikki. <laughs> and we've got Dan Hauser. Dan and I have known each other on the Twitter world, or in the Twitter world, for a while. And this is the first time I think we've ever spoken on camera together. On camera, yeah. We did a, I think in, in your infant days of the podcast, we did an episode via phone, because that's what it was like back then. But yeah, this is the first time in an audio or video medium. Yeah, uh, back when we had Dixie Cups and String, that was the <laughs> Dolphin Filter podcast OG. Um, we have an important topic. I'm glad you guys could come on to talk about this. We talk all the time, every day, most recently in our group chat. And, of course, Tiger Woods made his first press conference appearance very recently. Actually, at the time of this recording, it was the day before now. And holy cow, did we have a lot of reactions. So we're going to get into all of that. But I want to go step by step here first, of course. And Dan, I'm going to start with you being the the least recent guest to the show. Your reaction to, first of all, seeing Tiger at the press conference and any initial reaction on anything he said, because we will dive in. I mean, anytime you see Tiger Woods, it's always good to see him, um, obviously, given the way the last year or so went. Um even more so, good to see him. Uh, good to see a smile on his face. Good to see him. Frankly, let's just put it out there. It's good to see him in one piece and alive. How about that? I mean, let's, yeah. if we're really getting to the bottom of it. Um, as far as initial reaction goes, and I know that we were all commenting about it as it was happening off of this podcast, but an actual real-life golf journalist asked Tiger Woods what he meant to golf. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the little emoji where the penis goes out of your head? Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, those were some interesting questions, and we're going to get into some other ones, too. But, Nikki, your initial reaction to what you saw and heard. Oh, my God. Like, that literally was my same reaction. Like, well, first of all, my first reaction was, oh, my God, Tiger is jacked. Like, his arms are enormous. And I think somebody else in our group chat mentioned this, but, like, Tiger has been sitting in a hospital bed for the last nine months and Bryson has not been and Tiger's like twice the size of Bryson. Like that's funny to me, but also to the point that Dan's made um, a real life, actual journalist who has a degree in sports journalism, a golf reporter had the nerve to look Tiger Woods in the face as the host of a charity golf tournament and say, now that you're not playing and winning anymore, what value do you bring to the game of golf? Are, I'm sorry. Right. What? Bro, you have a job because of Tiger Woods. That's what he brings to the game of yes. golf. Yes. 
my god i almost blew a gasket like i cannot believe that that question was actually asked that was a rough one people are gonna sit and listen to this because of tiger woods if it wasn't for yeah. tiger woods, nobody yeah. would care that we were doing this right now i mean let's be honest <laughs> right yeah asking tournament host like you said Nikki. Tiger Woods, what value do you bring? Um, you know, I think there was a lot of other sound bites that were offered within the press conference. And of course, you know, a lot of it was an echo of the Golf Digest interview that was released the day prior. He talked a lot about, you know, his triceps being jacked. You know, you're never going to take the nerd out of Tiger. He's always going to talk about getting jacked. He's always going to talk about lifting weights and all that. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how much pain he was in, how much he overcame. And there was also that mention, which is really scary, of the possibility of an amputation. That was the first time that we had heard any of that. I didn't know that. Like, I mean, we talked about, you know, for for several days, we didn't know, or at least 24 hours, we didn't know what shape Tiger was in. But his team came out and was like, it was broken in multiple places, but he's recovering, he's alive, he's doing well. That was really all that we had been told. And then it felt like, to me, it wasn't after that that we saw him on crutches. I mean, yes, he was on crutches. He wasn't, didn't look great, but, and so in my head, amputation was like never a thought. And then when he threw that out there yesterday, I was like, excuse me, what? Like, but also, and, and I say this with every, with a grain of salt, but I feel like if it was a, a situation where amputation had just been thrown out or was it a situation where like, because he's Tiger Woods, he didn't need amputation because he has all the money in the world and the resources in the world. And he said, I'm Tiger Woods, you're not taking my leg. Like, if it had been one of us, would we have lost our leg? Like, that's, I guess, the question. That's a good question. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. I mean, yeah, it, it was shocking to hear after hearing it. And you think back to the, the pictures and the images from that day it doesn't seem as big of a shock because it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, the guy shouldn't even be alive, let alone keeping his legs. So, yeah, in retrospect, it makes sense. But at the time when you hear that and it's like, oh, wait a minute, yeah, that's right, it really was that bad, it kind of is. It, it kind of takes you back and is a little more of a shock. And then you sit there for a minute and you're like, no, yeah, it really was that bad. If you go back and, th and look at those pictures in the, in the video and everything else and you see how that car looked, okay, yeah, I could kind of understand that a little more, but – definitely jarring it and yeah you you wonder like like nikki said is it because of his needs and who he is you also wonder too because he was in such great shape did that was all did that also save his legs because he was such a gym rat and he was so jacked arms legs everywhere did did the extra muscle and the fact that his legs were bigger than our legs would be did that also in theory you know potentially save his legs also how many weeks out from his back surgery was he when the wreck happened? Wasn't it like two weeks? It was very Decent quickly. enough that people were wondering right before then on that interview, the couple days before, if he was all, you know, popped up on pain pills. So it was it was still close enough that that was even a thought in people's minds. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that aspect of it too here in a second because I think it's an important element to at least think about because we only know so much about this accident and everything that came out of it based on what we see. Right. That's that's what we know. None of us know, at least as far as I know, we don't know Tiger personally. Um, but it's a matter of putting the story together in our mind and then ultimately finally seeing this guy that I know the three of us have loved since we even knew what golf was, or at least shortly thereafter. Putting everything into perspective, 
And one of the questions that was inevitable in this press conference was a question about the accident. What was your reaction to Tiger's response to that? I feel like I have a different answer to this than Dan does. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I think that, you know, he came out and said, I don't remember the exact words, but he said that his agent had said that everything was in the police report, or if he specifically said everything in his police report. Right. Bold-faced lie. Um <laughs> We're not stupid, Tiger. We know that nothing of substance was in that police report. Um, you know, I, I don't play a forensic, uh, you know, scientist. Uh, or I'm not a forensic scientist, but I play one on TV, right? You know, I mean, I think we've all watched enough, uh, you know, CSI shows and crime shows to know that, you know, nothing was in that police report that told us anything other than the fact that he was behind the wheel of the car and this is where the car went. Mm -hmm. That's okay, great. Was he texting and driving and lost control of the car? Did he literally pass out at the wheel because he was so hopped up on God knows what that he literally lost consciousness? You know, he made a comment and said that he didn't remember driving that day. And he said he didn't remember anything before or after. Okay, well, I understand that there's got to be some trauma involved and maybe your brain shuts off. But if you were 100% sober and of a clear mind, you're going to remember something at some point. So either you're not telling us something or by telling us you don't remember anything, you're telling us everything. But the, mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, is by the fact that you're saying, oh, well, everything was in the police report, we don't need to talk about that anymore, just makes matters worse because now we're having this conversation and we're all going to keep digging and assuming things and coming up with our own conclusions. And maybe they're right and maybe they're not. But the fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't do him or anyone any good for us to be wondering anymore see like i i i actually do fully agree with you on that and like the the nosy part of me fully agrees with that there is another part of me though that like the the full tiger stand since i was been seven years old um is like why should he have to tell us like he doesn't owe us shit. Like right. he, I mean, he, I think he mentioned something about this too, about like, you know, well, you guys have tried to get into my life my whole life and I didn't have any control over that. Like I, I think I, I might've mentioned this to you, Adam, at one point, but to me watching like the, the parallels of, and I know I'm going way off the rails here, but the parallels of like the Britney Spears trajectory of like how she kind of came up and the paparazzi like sent her into madness and then watching like tigers rise and like the paparazzi attacking him, they are very similar kind of storylines. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that's like, who cares? Like he's alive. And there's another part of me that thinks too, like, do you know how bad like Vanessa Bryant would probably wish to be listening to a press conference that Kobe's giving right now, nine months after that helicopter accident? Right. Yeah. Like we, we should just be grateful that he's alive. Mm -hmm. And as much as we could all speculate and really want to know what was happening, Tiger, were you on drugs again? Were you, have you fallen back to your past? Who the hell cares? Mm -hmm. He's alive. He's alive for his kids. He's around for his kids. Now he can continue playing, maybe not at the same level, but who cares? Like he doesn't owe us anything. He's alive. Like, that's and that's, there is a nosy part of me that's like, but what were you doing? Exactly. Well, no, I 100% yeah. agree with that. And maybe it's just because of the fact that geographically, I basically live down the street from Tiger and 
So it, we'll it's find a out. Closer, it hits a little bit closer to home. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, hey, if if spending money in his restaurant means I know the guy, then I know the guy quite well, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know but, so maybe it's just because it hit a little bit closer to home to me that when he got popped for his DUI and watching that video and basically it was right out, I don't live in that place anymore or that location anymore, but at the time it was basically right outside my old house, you know, mm -hmm. so seeing this video and thinking, you know, not that it very well could be me, but it could have been anybody I knew because it was a street that I drive down 17 times a day and to see him basically not knowing where he is and thinking he's in California and he's not. And, and because it was so public, maybe I'm a little bit more biased in terms of I want to know what's going on because he admitted that it was bad and he said he went to go get help for it. And obviously I care for the guy deeply. He's mm -hmm. you know, resulted in so many things for all of us being able to happen as far as our careers and our lives. And so it's just, it's more of a, was this a one off? Did he yeah. have a moment of relapse? Did he not actually go get help? Did he go get help and then come back out and immediately revert right back to the pills again? So yeah, you're right. He owes us nothing, but at the same time, like, I worry about the guy. I want him to continue to be around for his kids. And if he's legitimately yes. got a pill problem, then, you know, that can lead to, you know, a lot of bigger issues. So it's more along the lines of, was he on something that day? Because did, did he go for help and it not work and he needs to go back again? So that way he right. can continue to be around for his kids. You know, that's think, an interesting point too, because I think that, you know, you both just illustrated the, the two categories. Maybe there's a third category too, that kind of emerged on social following the, the press conference. Everyone, you know, echoed a lot of the sentiments that you just offered. And another big part of it, you had mentioned the painkillers. Let's think of a couple things too. And I don't want to go too deep down this road, but um, he's had a history of it. You know, people tried or started to make connections with his appearance at the Genesis Invitational. Then a couple days later, or however long it was, we have this accident. The other thing that I saw that was interesting was everyone talks about the pandemic that's happening, but there's also another epidemic that's going on related to pain medication. And so an interesting point that I heard was if in fact he is struggling and we'll never know because he's a private guy, he's got a yacht called privacy. For crying out loud. If he is struggling, he's got a hell of a platform to, and an opportunity to really say something about this. Mm. There's a third possibility too. I mean, it, he was out in California, obviously it's legal in Florida now too. He could have just been high as shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's always, there's saying, other options. To not that. saying in the car. I mean, he could have been in the car too, but I mean, it, he, he just could have been high off of his mind. You know I mean? Or we, he could we don't have know. just been texting, like you said, he could yeah. have just taken his eyes off the road, which I but, think, you know, to your point, if he would have said, I, I made a mistake. Maybe that would, you know, but then again, I think, well, maybe that would have made matters worse. if he You mentioned the platform, though, and I say this because you look at somebody like Jordan Spieth, who's got a sponsorship deal with AT&T and literally films commercials about doing text and drive. Mm -hmm. So had he been texting? I mean, look, is it an embarrassing thing? Do you maybe not want to admit, hey, I text, was texting and driving and damn near killed myself? Raise your hand if you haven't texted and dri while driving once in your life. Like no right. one's going to raise their hand to that. I mean, so it would be another way of being like you mentioned. You've got this platform. You're Tiger freaking Woods. Everyone listens to every word and every syllable coming out of your mouth. Hey, guys, I was texting and driving. This just goes to show the dangers of texting and driving. Don't do, you know, don't do this, you know. But once again, Nikki's 100% right. He owes us absolutely nothing. But at the same time, when you're that type of public figure, sometimes bad things can lead to good things as well if you're a little more open and honest about it. Right. The parent side of me absolutely is like, you know, I need to, like, I, I would want to know, okay, are, 
were you on drugs? Like, cause you have two kids at home, you know, like have you not thought about those kids that you have at home and the fact that like you could have died and left them without a father. Like, and so like that part is like, yeah, I want to know, I need you to tell me what the hell you were doing. Mm -hmm. But then there's another part of me that, you know, thinks the opposite. And I think, you know, Adam, like you said, people on Twitter are going at it right now with these kind of two conflicting opinions and people think that you can only have one opinion or the other. And I don't think that I think, both of these emotions can exist at the same time. Um, And I think it's like, you know, you can have anger and grief at the same time and, you know, learning how to kind of wrestle with both of those. And I think that's what uh, golf Twitter is not dealing with right now is the fact that you can do both and have both and feel both ways. Yeah. And, And, you know, and I think this bridges into something about sports stars in general, and it's a, it's a topic that many people have talked about. Nikki, when you mentioned Vanessa Bryant and and the Kobe Bryant situation, I mean, talk about the difference of two years, right? On one end, we saw where it could have ended, it ended extremely tragic. And not to say that Tiger's accident wasn't a tragedy in its own right. It certainly wasn't. I mean, he, he lived. But Kobe's thing, if he had would have lived, I mean, the whole dynamic is life is so, you know, easily broken it almost humanizes someone that we hold up on a pedestal. I mean, is there ever a time, do you think, especially now with the way social media is and how divided people might try to be and all that, is there ever going to be a time where we all kind of realize, hey, we're all just people and maybe we don't need to know everything? I think, the, I think honestly, the last time that, like, that collectively people felt that way was when Kobe died. Yeah. Like, people were like, man screw like you know people like screw your team screw what rivalry like this is about more than that this is about more than basketball or whatever you know i know i know shit about basketball to be honest um but like i know who kobe is Uh, you know he's bigger than the sport and like i think you know thank god tiger is alive but i think had it ended that way it probably would have been the same you know there's there's very few athletes I think that that would I guess garnish that same reaction yeah you know it's it's not it's not apples to apples here obviously it's it's not somebody in the level of a Tiger Woods or a Kobe Bryant but locally down here and to an extent for people that follow baseball which I know you both do uh quite well um Jose Fernandez you know down here and then of course in the baseball world you know I mean yeah he was revered in the baseball world and down here and, you know, and he was this happy go lucky guy and everyone viewed him in, in one way. And then unfortunately what happened happened. And then we come to find out afterwards that he was drunk. He had cocaine in his system. He was going, you know, way too fast, way too late at night in an area that quite frankly, even in the middle of the daylight, people uh, are, are, you know, crash with on the, with the way the rocks are set up down there. And it completely changed his legacy. Yes. But it also opened up a lot of people's minds, at least down here, to like, okay, maybe I don't want to have that drink before I get on my boat, or maybe I don't want to have that drink before I get behind the wheel of my car now. You know, in you know, if it can happen to this guy who is larger than life, why it, it absolutely can happen to me, mm-hmm. average Joe. So once again, it goes back to the whole messaging and you know whether they want to admit it or we like to admit it or arguments on Twitter about it professional athletes are role models to an extent, whether, whether they want to admit it or not. And a lot of people follow them and look up to them and do what they do. So 
and I'm not, and, and I'm not even saying Tiger had to get specific about saying, oh, hey, I had this, this, and this in my system. He could just say, hey, you know, I wasn't 100% focused on the road. Even just yeah. telling us that, he doesn't have to say, oh, I was texting and driving, or I had 19 pills in me. Just I wasn't 100% focused on the road. I, I lost, I lost my focus for a minute, and that's all it takes is you know 30 seconds, and look what happens. But for him to just say, oh, well, it's all in the police report, you know, it's done and over with. Well, no, none of it was in the police report. Like, yeah, you don't want to get specific about what exactly was going on. Something as simple and as vague as I just wasn't paying attention. We don't need to know what you were doing. You weren't paying attention. But just saying I wasn't paying attention might get somebody to realize, oh, crap, maybe I need to start paying more attention while I'm driving. Because if this can happen to Tiger, it can happen to me. So yeah. it's just it's it's a it's, it's, it's a tough line. But something more needed to be said than just, hey, it's all in the police report because it wasn't and we're not done. Right. Yeah. You know, and on the point of things that were said, you know, obviously there was a lot more mentioned in the press conference, including Tiger's outlook for himself playing professional golf. Uh, One of the things that he mentioned, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course, is he feels that he will be able to kind of come in from time to time, select specific events, maybe something like, um, you know, PNC, he's rumored to be on the uh, the roster with his uh, son, Charlie, he might make an appearance there. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. But he may come and maybe play the majors and just some select few events. He basically admitted that he's not going to win another major. He just said, you know what, I've got my... Climb. He said, I've already done the climb. I don't need to, to climb again. Like, Yeah, and I, I think that was a sobering... It's like, whoa, okay, the man himself is even saying, this is it. Well, and the fact that he specifically referenced the hit and giggles, which, you know, that, that leads me to believe that the PNC is absolutely in play. Because, um, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember exactly, but I think you can have a golf cart and play in that one. Or if not, I'm sure they would allow him to. It's not like there's any sort of, you know, rules and regulations as far as the tour is concerned in, in those types of events. Um yeah, and, you know, it'll also be interesting to see what happens uh, in a couple of years when he turns 50, because obviously on the Champions Tour, you absolutely can play with a golf cart. A lot of guys do. I've been out to enough of those tournaments to see that a lot of guys will absolutely take advantage of that and use those golf carts. Obviously, when you're playing on that over 50 tour, now granted, it's gotten a lot more competitive over the last few years because so many of the guys like Phil's and, and, and Bernard Longers are showing that they can keep playing well after 50, but... I'm sure Tiger could show up at a couple of those events too with a cart and probably, you know, even if he can't win, he can hold his own. I mean, he, you know, so they, they definitely set those those courses up a lot easier than than your average tour event as far as, uh, you know, the level of the rough and, and just, you know, everything. It's kind of set up more like we would play or you would play on a regular day at his course as opposed to more in the harsher, uh, you know, tour conditions. But uh, he's got options out there. He could never pick up a club again, and that's fine. He can play the hit and giggles. That's fine. He can show up at the Masters every year until he literally can't walk anymore. That's fine, too. He's earned that right as well. Um, I think at this point, basically, he's earned the right to do and play and show up whenever and wherever he wants at this point. So, yeah, It'll it'll be nice when he does, and when he doesn't, we've gotten used to it enough now that it won't really throw us off as far as our weekly ins and outs of, of what we do and as far as watching golf. I know I had like a mini existential crisis um, a few months ago, thinking about the fact that like my son is going to grow up and he is not going to know the tiger that I know. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like I, I couldn't process that fact, 
But hearing him say that the other day, it was difficult for me to process that I'm not going to continue to see Tiger that I know as well. Um, and I think somebody asked him like, um, oh, they were asking him about like, you know, oh, well, the PNC is coming up and like, you know, what are you, what about Augusta? And I think that's when he made the comment about like, oh, I can just do the hit and giggles. Mm-hmm. And he basically ruled out Augusta this year. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think he mentioned too, like, you know, having a goal for St. Andrews because it is St. Andrews and it's the 150th and I think it's far enough out that he could start prepping for it. And it's also not hills either the way that Augusta is. Um, you know, I have two perfectly functioning legs and I still struggled in Augusta. Like there's no way that he's going to be able to play it. You know, he may show up for the champions dinner and who knows, I could see them getting him to do some sort of honorary tee off, like in honor of Lee Elder. Like, you know, he steps in as him or something like, like that. Um, but I don't see him actually like in the field playing Augusta this year by any means. He could miss the cut at the open by 50 shots, but if we could get him, we could get that, that visual of him walking over that bridge one final time, because let's be real, it will be the one final time. I'm pretty sure everyone, including him, would probably sign up for that tomorrow. So, Jack, and we've, Jack missed the open, yeah. the, the cut in the open in his final round. So I mean, we, yeah. we've seen we've seen many of, of the players significantly older than him take their one final trek around St Andrews, knowing that they're not going to even snip the cut. But we get that one, and, and then on Friday afternoon, you know, we get that one final look, one final time of them going over that bridge and, and soaking it all in. So. Why, do, why, why can't he get it like everyone else has got it, you know? So, I mean, even if he shows up on one leg, I think he can – I think he could play 36 if it meant getting that one last uh, one last ride. Oh, my God. That makes me emotional even thinking about it. Like, I still remember Jack's final round, and I remember Tom Watson just crying like a big old baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's going to make me cry. Ooh. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't really considered the, uh, the way that these guys are going out, you know, like Jack, Arnie all the time, you know, they they all kind of had those last few tournaments where they shouldn't have been in the tournament competitively, but we all got to make that ceremonial last, you know, like what you just described, Dan. This one is so abrupt, it seems. You know, I almost wonder, and, and you know, we don't, we don't know anything yet. He may still play. If it's any, if we've learned anything from Tiger Woods, he just redefines expectations for how a human body should heal. And I, I don't doubt that he can win another tournament, but is there a little bit, taken from us as fans i think that might be a selfish way to ask but really i mean we're not gonna see that twilight of tiger and say okay now's the time it's almost like nope he's done i am in the minority here and i know i am but i'm gonna be selfish i saw him win the 2019 masters in person and so selfishly i don't ever want to see him win a masters again like let that one be the last one because i was there for it he can win the Sanderson Farms every year for all I care. Like, but, Which but, really is the big major if we're serious. Yes, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> but selfishly, you know, I – and I, I realize that is a fully selfish opinion. But And I think that's why it's jarring, though, for us because it was like – it was the Masters and it was so big. And then it was just like there was, there was nothing. And it was so abrupt. And now it's like – he, because he made that comeback and now we have nothing and he won't do it again. You know, with the older guys, it was like, you could kind of see it slowly coming. And with Tiger, it's just a cut, you know? So I don't know. 
Yeah, it's almost like Jordan's last shot against Utah. You know, Chicago guy, I'm sorry. But it, that was it, you know. And it's it's a good, from a story perspective, you could almost see the, the documentary taking shape where he started at Augusta, ended at Augusta. A lot of other stuff happened in between there, but that would be a, a fitting bookend to that and story. You know, another thing, thing about that oh, 29 Masters, too, is that, you know, Nikki, you say that, you know, you thought about the fact that your son will grow up and never really know who Tiger Woods was. If it wasn't for that 2019 Masters, his own children would have grown up and never really known who he was. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you want to talk about you want to talk about getting deep there for a minute. Like, <laughs> if it wasn't for the 2019 Masters, his own children would grow up. Think about that one for me. His own children would have grown up with everybody telling them mm-hmm. how great their father was, and they would have never known for them. I mean, they would have known because they were. Like, I mean, that guy who sits in the recliner and plays yeah. Call of Duty. Exactly. And, they, like, but they would have never like every other year. Like. <laughs> they would have never seen it with their own eyes. They'd have been like the broken, uh, the broken down old dude who sit, who you know creeps. <laughs> right. That guy's not that good. Charlie'd be like, "Yeah, right. I beat him every other weekend. He can't exactly. be that." Good. <laughs> Now, though, when Charlie beats him, he can say that he's beaten a Masters champion. Yeah. He actually saw with his yeah. own eyes, not just one that happened before at a time before he was alive. Yeah, it's it's a crazy dynamic with all of that. And I just giggle at the thought of an older, overweight Tiger Woods sitting in a recliner telling, yeah, I, I used to do that for sure. Um, <laughs> now, the, what was really interesting, the final point, um, at least from the press conference that I wanted to bring up, and certainly we could bring anything else up, was uh, the question about the other competing tours. And I thought it was really big of Tiger to say, you know what, my legacy was built here on the PGA Tour. I'm sticking here. You know, and of course he said other things there, but I felt that that was another highlight. And not that I'm, I don't really know how I feel about the competing tours yet, but that was a pretty big line in the sand, no, I'm staying put. You didn't. You, you mean you didn't expect Tiger to, to go all in on the DP World Tour? Like, I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love you're gonna it. have to edit that part out, aren't no, you? No, I'm gonna keep it in. Man. You know, that's, that's there. But seriously, I mean, it's like he think of all the money that's being thrown around. I mean, I feel like that was something like, no, this is. I mean, I think he's gonna own the PGA Tour at some point. I mean, look, in the last few weeks, we've had Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy both come out and say, like, keep your money. I want the legacy. I want to continue to build what we're doing here. And um, if Ponte ever needed any sort of indication that they're okay, they got it <laughs> from those two, the two of them making those comments. Because quite frankly, at the end of the day, well, I guess not so much Tiger these days, but quite frankly, at the end of the day, you they, those tours can basically take everybody. But as long as the PGA Tour can hold on to Rory – and Justin Thomas and Brooks and Dustin Johnson and some of these other guys who've come out publicly and said, yeah, I'm sticking here. I don't really see how any of these other tours really have a legitimate shot. You know, let them take Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah, I, he can go. It's I okay. It. <laughs> yeah. They're probably uh, rules as much over there. Yeah. I would say they're probably a little more lenient on the, on the, the shots out of the sand over there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more sand. So you can probably do a lot more over there with, with shots out of the sand. Yeah, we need to create a use DP facts uh, that would be. <laughs> so um, we're right about against the clock here, but you know, any other takeaways that either of you had from the press conference? We'll we'll have you both back on to talk about other topics, of course. But anything at all? Yeah, something that actually bothered me a little bit was, and then again, this all goes back to the fact that like me being bothered by the journalist in the room and like. The, the questions that they were asking and some that they weren't asking, but um, 
you know, Lee Elder passed away the day before this press conference. And Lee Elder, everybody knows, is the first African-American to play and compete at Augusta National. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods would not have five green jackets if it was not for Lee Elder. And, you know, Tiger has spoken about Lee Elder before. He spoke about him last year when he got to do the ceremonial um, or honorary tea in Augusta. Um, Now, granted, he wasn't there, but he gave a quote about it. Um, To not ask Tiger about that, or at least be like, you know, hey, we, you know, with the passing of Lee, what are your thoughts? You know, were you able to speak with him recently? Anything like that seems like a huge miss to me. Like, a huge miss. Should have been the first question asked. Yes, absolutely. Like, after, how are you, Tiger? What are your thoughts here? Like, especially because the entire, like, all of social media the day before was pictures of him and talking about how, like, great his legacy and like the golf channel was talking about him all day long and then literally the next day it was like Bleh. like mm, mm, something that that rubbed me the wrong way totally agree dan anything that wasn't asked or anything that jumped out yeah i still just can't get over the fact that an actual real life golf journalist asked tiger what he means to the, to the game of golf like no. <laughs> that guy's that getting something. credentialed for tournaments and none of us here are in this <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like that guy was presumably flown to the Bahamas for the week by his outlet that he works for to ask that question. Yeah. And to not ask the Lee Elder question. That's it. Right. Yeah. Also, well said. also, the fact that there was an hour long pregame show for his press conference and nothing had been said yet. Like mm-hmm. I could see taking that hour afterwards, take five hours afterwards, take the whole rest of the day. But what do you, now I say this as somebody who did not watch prior to the, to the start of the press conference, but what are you going to talk about for an hour when the guy hasn't said anything yet? Right. They didn't really. They talked about other things mostly. A lot of speculation, a lot of, you know, just let's fill this time. And they knew they had a captive audience at that point too. No, know, they did. I mean, hey, look, if you got them, you know, do it, but. Right, right. Well, it was a very uh, telling press conference. Uh, there were a lot of things that weren't said. There's still a lot of questions that people are going to be thinking about for a very long time. But I think the most important thing is you both said, he's alive. He's walking around. He did a press conference. He looks pretty good overall. And I think uh, we don't have any reason to believe that he won't at least play golf again at some point for all of us to enjoy. So and he's more jacked than Bryson. He's very yes. jacked. Very jacked. Dan Hauser. Nikki Dunnigan, two friends of mine. Thanks so much for hopping on. We'll do it again soon. Awesome.